At what point does an intricate craft become an expression of deep-rooted heritage? Lakota artist Collins Provost joins us to talk about the meditative process behind her beadwork and how her work intertwines Native American tradition with her own individual voice as a modern-day woman. I'm Michelle Corey, a travel, arts, and culture writer and marketing strategist who travels the world in search of fascinating stories and unique perspectives in the arts. And this is The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation with talented artists, performers, and creators from around the globe to serve you a digestible dose of culture for all. Hello and welcome. I think it's becoming like an every single episode thing now that I open with singing strangely. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable with that. You know, today's inspiration is a little bit in line with the last episode's inspiration, but certainly departs. I announced in the last episode that I have opened Frequency Media Co., which is a full-service podcast strategy, production, and marketing agency, and soon to be a brick-and-mortar studio space and community hub for podcasters. And what's really inspiring me about that is, you know, I spent over a decade of my career in corporate environments, in corporate America. And I remember thinking there was something so wrong with me because I just couldn't do it. And I just felt tired and lethargic all the time. I felt such a drain on my spirit and myself. And I was working, sure. I was working a lot. But I wasn't working nearly half as much as I'm working now. And yet I was constantly tired. And now I'm working all the time, nearly 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay, not literally. (laughs) I do sleep and I make sure I sleep. But I'm working most of my waking hours and most days of the week. uh, Well, I work every day of the week, basically, but I'm trying to reserve at least one half to full day (laughs) for me because it's it's not good to work as much as I've been working, but it's necessary. And yet... I have more energy than I have ever had in my life, y'all. Like this whole alignment thing, this whole purpose thing, this whole following your calling thing, it is energizing. And yes, I get tired and I get drained, but my gratitude is on fleek, okay? I am just in a constant, never-ending state of gratitude. I didn't say that I'm happy every hour of every day because that is not attainable. That's not human. Happiness is as fleeting as any other emotion. Gratitude, though, now that sticks. And even if I'm sad, or even if I feel lonely, or even if I'm ecstatic, or even if I've had a triumph, or a failure, or a setback, or stress, I'm feeling grateful and energized by that gratitude. Oh, it's such a crazy feeling. Um, I participated in this core program for uh, women CEOs a couple weeks ago, and we all said the same thing. This is an energizing experience to build your own business. It's an energizing experience to work for yourself and to build 
these huge dreams that are not even like your vision. They're a vision for something greater than you. And to build them and to make them a reality takes so much work. But it's freaking amazing. It's it's an exceptional experience. Y'all, I wish that for you. I wish you energy. I wish you alignment. And I wish you gratitude. All right, y'all. Let's get to it. Collins, let's talk. Hello, Collins. Welcome to the Cultured Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, So I'm very excited to have you here. I've actually been following your work for quite a while. And it just, it got to the point where I was like, why haven't I asked her to be on the podcast yet? Because your stuff is stunning. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So why don't you describe for us what you do with beadwork? With the beadwork that I currently make, I make jewelry, um, a variety of things. Well, mostly earrings. And the reason why is because I know for myself, when I'm wearing something, if I put on a pair of earrings that feels like it, it's going to make my outfit pop, Mm -hmm. that I feel just more confident. Absolutely. It's like it ties it all together. Yes. And then you start walking with like your head held high, you know, as we all should, Mm -hmm. you know, anyway, but it's just, you know, adorning yourself in jewelry really does something special, I think. So I've, I've been focusing on that, but I've slowly been branching out into making other items. Currently, I am working on a jacket. So oh, I hope my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's taken me a while. I can it imagine. Is, <laughs> it is my biggest project so far, but I am very proud of it. And the design of it um, isn't necessarily a traditional design. I wouldn't know how to describe my designs. I guess they wouldn't be necessarily like tra- traditional, you know, as far as like a Lakota woman most of our designs are geometric, mm-hmm. but when it comes to making art, I, I kind of go with what I feel and what I see and it's the story behind it. So everything I've made so far has a story behind it. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I need to dive into that, but first you sort of alluded to your culture, your Lakota. I Sorry, I'm not saying it right, am I? Oh, it's okay. It's Lakota. Lakota. So. Ah, yeah. I can do that. There my- you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> my last name is K-H-O-U-R-I, and it's Syrian, and in and in Syria, in Arabic, you pronounce it Khuri, so I can do Lakota. Khuri. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That is so awesome. Look <laughs> at this, getting cultured. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I I would love to explore, before we even dive even deeper down your path as an artisan, I want to explore the culture and heritage of beadwork for uh, Native Americans, but especially within the context of the Lakota tribe. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing in that culture and what beading means for you. So I know for the Lakota people, our original artwork was actually quill work, and quill work comes from the quills of the porcupine oh my gosh so yeah that's a different element in itself it's certainly something I haven't quite dove into I tried years ago what is quill work like how do you describe that well it's a process like you have to find your porcupine what they do traditionally is like throw a blanket on Mm -hmm. the porcupine so it's not harmed 
and then that blanket picks up the quills. Or a lot of times, if there's, I guess, fresh roadkill, then someone will pick that up and take the quills from it. That way you're not harming, I guess, the animal itself. Wow, Um, that's fascinating. Yeah. And what a good method to, like, throw the blanket, which collects the quills, but leaves the pork. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to remember that those are also our relatives, you know, and absolutely, we're not just going to, like, chop them up for their quills. Right. (laughs) You know, there are other quill makers that I've seen on Instagram, um, like Jamie Okuma. Oh my gosh. I I don't know if you follow her, but I am such a fangirl. Her work is so amazing. And and there are just other young artists who like have been able to incorporate quill work with beadwork and it's so phenomenal. And I'm just I always feel myself, even as an artist, that I'm always just the beginner. And the reason why is because when I see other people's work, I'm just so blown away. And I always think, like, I cannot wait to be that good. Or, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it is a constant quest. Even if you're incredible, there's always something to learn, you know? And and your work really is so beautiful and detailed. And so, anyway, we kind of digressed a little bit. But continue talking about uh, the, the history of beading in your specific tribe. We are people that have just been able to utilize you know, different things, whether it was like shells or beads or, or different things of that nature and have just used that as a way of adorning our clothes. Well, if you look in historical photos are people who have had a lot of beadwork. Wow. They must have been really loved Mm. because that it takes a lot of work, you know? Yeah. And their techniques were different then. And the way that they were able to use it was really beautiful. So I know that our designs, like they all have different meanings and different symbols. And, you know, maybe their designs were a um, representation of their journey. You know, were they a warrior? Were they a great hunter? What kind of medicine did they carry? You know, or were they good for their people? You know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so beadwork has played a large role in that. So whenever I was pregnant with my daughter, that was 12 years ago. It was custom for us to make our baby their first pair of moccasins. And so I didn't have anything. I didn't know what to do. So my ex-mother-in-law, she had provided me with some elk leather, some beads, some really tiny ones. I believe they're size 15s and some string. And then um, I didn't know what to do. So I just started from there. I cut out my design and made her a pair of moccasins. And it took me like two weeks just for the border. And they were so tiny. They were like doll shoes. She didn't get to wear them because they were so little. But I was so proud of them. Oh, my gosh. That's so special, though. Of course you do. Oh, my gosh. That's where it started. And I slowly started making other items like medicine bags, other types of earrings, but I always gave it away. It just felt good. You know, it just felt good knowing that they had my work and if they were going to use it, then it was for them, you know? What drew you to continuing to do that? What do you think it was about that specific act of creating? There was a period that I had kind of stopped creating And then I had gone through something, a big turning point, I would say, in my life. Mm. And I, I was looking for ways to heal myself. 
And that's when I picked it back up. And I, at that point in my life, I started creating like jewelry, kind of like what I make now. Yeah. And that's how that began. That next journey was because I was trying to heal myself. And what do you think was so healing about the action of beading and creating those moccasins and medicine bags? You know, it's like a meditative experience. And they say that like when you're working, your ancestors are looking down on you. Mm. You know, they're watching what you create and they're kind of like guiding you in the design. So I feel like in that respect that they're not only are they watching, but they're also guiding you and healing your heart, you know, so it's a good time to pray. It's a good time to be reflective, you know, Mm -hmm. and those are the things that I do when I create. So like if I'm angry or anything, I always step away from my work. Why is that? You know how that feeling, like if you go into a place and something just doesn't feel right, absolutely. Or, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Like I yeah. try to pay attention to that. I feel like we need more of that good energy and love, and especially in a world like today. Oh, you know, yes. I feel good when I create. You know, because of that, I always try to make it a priority to give back as well. You have a lot of abstract pieces, but. You also, you know, you've done a butterfly and you've done, I mean, my favorite piece that I've seen recently is that tiger. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Holy moly. So why don't you describe where your inspiration comes from? So that tiger is actually part of a jacket that I'm working on, that bigger piece. I mean, that is a very, very large piece. It's on the back of a jacket right now. I was able to attach it and then outline it in like crystals and whatnot. Oh, good God. (laughs) (laughs) Another artist had reached out to me and asked me to make this jacket for them. And they gave me free range as far as creativity. And I was sitting there for like months, like looking at this jacket, like, what do I do? You know, Mm -hmm. I kept drawing it out, drawing it out, like these traditional designs and whatnot. And I'm like, but this isn't where my heart is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before that, I had done a pair of koi earrings. Mm -hmm. And I seen a picture of that with the cherry blossoms. This is it. This is what I'm going to do. So I started drawing it out and then I got started and bam, that's how that came into play. What a fusion of cultures and traditions and and powerful symbolism. Yes, it was a big leap for me. I was so scared to do that though. Why? Because it's not like traditional, you know, for us. Mm Mm-hmm. I've gotten comments before about, well, that's not Lakota or that's not indigenous, Mm. you know. Why do you think it's important for those people who've said that for your work to align more with tradition? Because culture is important, you know, and maybe they feel like that needs to still be kept alive, which I totally understand. But I feel like the difference is when I make things that are traditional like medicine bags or moccasins that's when like the traditional designs come to me but whenever it comes to things that I just want to make out of pure art or my heart Mm -hmm. other things come to me yeah allowing that room for expansion when it comes to your own self-expression right yes absolutely and so I mean I certainly take their words into consideration but 
this, like that tiger you've talked about, is something that drew me in and had meant so much to my heart just because of the symbolism. Like, it's a beautiful animal. I mean, it's still of this earth and we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. So it's what I wanted to make and I made it and I was, I still look at it like it's in my living room and I'm, I'm like, wow, did I really make this? You know, Yes. it's just one of those things. So, I mean, when it comes to my own self-expression, I think I, I find beauty in other cultures as well, aside from my own. Absolutely. I mean, what a perfect thing to say on the cultured podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That I feel the same exact way. The the incredible diversity that exists on this planet between species and even just between our own one species is is breathtaking. It's really, really, really beautiful. And rather than seeing the fear in it, you know, we need to be more like you, which is to find the inspiration and the beauty in it. What's your future vision for your work where, you know, you've said that you're starting to sort of expand your repertoire beyond just earrings, let's say. So what are you starting to sort of mull over that you want to create? Well, I hope to slowly branch out into clothing and whatnot, just because like I have a few ideas. I'm not necessarily a seamstress, though. Hopefully in the future, I just haven't figured out how to execute it though, you know? Yes, yes. But you know, it's one of those things that when you get really serious about discovering something and teaching yourself something, you can do it. I mean, you taught yourself how to do what you're doing right now. Right. That's true. That's true. You know, you didn't know anything about this at one point in your life. (laughs) That's absolutely true. Yeah, I think you are absolutely right. It just, it's one of those things I have to push myself. Fear you know, it always yes. holds us back. And it's kind of like that, um, what dreams may come, if you build it, it will come. <laughs> yes, without a <laughs> you know? doubt. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, branching out in that perspective. But my ideas are so like eclectic, I mm-hmm. guess you could say, that I'm just trying to figure out how do I stay on one idea, you know, and branch out with that instead of like this and this and this and making it so complicated. Right. So, so, you know, I'd love to explore the actual process of beading. So what's your process? How does your inspiration start? Do you sketch and then, you know, just walk us through what it feels like to actually go from conception to the final creation? Generally, it depends on how I'm feeling my koi earrings that I most recently made. I've kind of always wanted to do a fish and the koi are very beautiful in general. And I was thinking, I was sitting there and I was reading a story about them. And it, the story is the koi who became a dragon. And it was just a journey for them. And ultimately, when they made it, they, they the gods granted the koi to become a golden dragon. So wow. I was like, wow, that's so amazing. So I started like looking at pictures and I have to get a feeling for it what's going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'll sketch it out. Um, I have this bag of mixed beads and they're of all different colors, shapes, sizes. I like my, not all of them, but this bag of beads to be mixed because through that I'm able to pick out my colors and that's how I'm able to see my piece. I don't color my pieces before I make them. 
fascinating. You just kind of let the colors come to you as you're picking through this right. like, bag of mixed beads. Yep, absolutely. Oh. And that's how I see color. I mean, that's why it takes me so long is because the first airing, I'm just winging it, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and sometimes my design changes in the midst of it. Like if I didn't like the placement of something or the way something looked, I'll take it out and then do something different with that. I'll get my design down and I'll start beating it, start creating it. And after that part is done, then I'll cut it out, cut out the uh, leather associated with it. Then I'll start edging it. And sometimes if the earring isn't too heavy, I'll create a design on the back as well. So I, I test that out and I always test the workout, of course, sanitize the hooks and, you know, whatnot, but mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that they're not too heavy and always looking for, you know, different materials and whatnot, um, different leathers, testing those out. So how many earrings do you produce like per month or per quarter? It takes me about a week to do a pair of earrings. And it also depends on the size. Um, Recently, I've kind of branched out into making earrings that have like fringe. Yes, they're beautiful. Thank you. A lot of time goes into making that fringe as well and counting those beads. So yeah, I would say maybe like one to two a week. In a month, maybe five, four. That's way more than I thought you were going to say. I mean, that's uh, especially with a full-time job and as a mother. I mean, it's so actually that brings up a good point. Has your daughter started beating at all? Is she interested? (laughs) Yeah, she absolutely is. She just recently started picking up her own first piece. And I'm so proud of her. Like we just sat together and she designed it out herself. She has been working on making her own things and So what I'm doing is I created a little bag for her. So she's going to attach her piece to this bag. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So what does her design look like right now? It's a, it's so cute. It's like a traditional flower, like a tulip Uh that she designed and it's so pretty and she made it green and yellow. Oh my gosh. That's so special. That's so cool. I know. I'm so proud of her. Like that's where it begins. I, you know, as young as she is, she's very impressionable right now. So to encourage her, like the way I see, I'm like, this is magic. Like, I'm so Mm -hmm. proud of you. And just to see the way her face lights up. I mean, that's what we should be doing for our babies. Oh, and she's 12, right? Right. So for for a kid that age to introduce them and even younger to introduce them to the concept of expressing yourself through the arts and through these Mm -hmm. creations you've just opened up an entire world for her because it can start with beading and then she can move on into you know what a quilling and and move on to some other form of art maybe painting or sculpture and now she is sort of encouraged to to play with color and shape and form and texture and that's just the beginning of artistry yeah right and she she draws a lot and I am so proud of her you know like we look on Instagram like of artists that show like this is where I started back like four years ago and this is where I am now Mm -hmm. and I'll tell her like see me chungshi uh which means my girl in Lakota this is if you keep drawing you know like you will continue to get better so don't be too hard on yourself it's a journey like and then I share like my journey with her you know like Mm -hmm. just keep doing it if it feels good keep doing it you'll continue to get better 
you know, define what you make. And that's, you know, you will continuously get better. So don't be hard on yourself if, like, we're not experts right now. It's like, I don't even consider myself an expert right now, you know? Yes, I don't think we are ever experts, frankly. And even right. just to have that mentality pushes you forward through everything in life. And and it also, that mentality sort of defeats this quest for perfection that, that can be a part of many of us, which is sort of the killer of creation. <laughs> right, absolutely. And... So I've just been encouraging her through that, like, it's okay to make mistakes, you know, and to grow, you know, do what makes you feel good. What a powerful lesson. It's just been really amazing to chat with you on the show and to finally be able to explore where your inspiration comes from and and your journey and also a little bit about your culture. So thank you for coming on the Cultured Podcast and for sharing with us. This has been so amazing, Collins. What an honor to have Collins on the show today and to explore so much about that Lakota heritage and the tradition of crafting, but also to explore Collins' very unique perspective when it comes to making her own modern twist on that art form. You can find Collins on Instagram at Collins Jordan. And don't forget to check the show notes for some pictures of Colin's artwork. <laughs> Give me a shout. You could always reach me at info at culturedpodcast.com. All right, my lovelies. Until next time, keep it classy. Keep it curious. Keep it cultured. I'm your host, Michelle Corey. Ina Garkusha is our editor. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Frequency Media Co. Visit culturedpodcast.com to read the show notes, get episode extras, and to sign up for our newsletter. You can subscribe to Cultured on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere podcasts are found. Podcasts.